Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm Vicky Barcelona, and with me is Joey Dees. Hello, Vicky. How's running the board? Running the board is fantastic, especially on today's episode, because we have a lot to talk about. We are going to discuss Game of Thrones characters that have entered into the MCU. Ooh. Yes, potential Batman castings, because we have another movie coming up soon, as well as a little Magic the Gathering Lord of the Rings crossover, because it is the pre-release today, and of course we'll get to the Geek Sheet where we talk about The Flash, but before that, Vicky, how can the Geek Nationals get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com! It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more! More! Or just search BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Up, 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 up. <laughs> yes, you can find us everywhere you can get your podcasts. But before you do that, you must listen to this podcast because, Vicky, you have found a very interesting list for us about Game of Thrones characters that we probably saw die. Yes, <laughs> enter, but most likely. Yes, enter into a different franchise, the Disney Plus franchise, that is the MCU. Yeah, so right now, Amelia Clark is promoting uh, Secret Invasion, which comes out this month. And in one of her interviews that she did, uh, apparently she didn't realize how many Game of Thrones stars or co-stars, whether big or small roles, have since appeared in the MCU. I have one that pops into my head immediately. Okay. <laughs> and that is Peter Dinklage. Yes, Peter Dinklage. He played, uh, he was in, what was it, the second? Or no, he was in both. Uh Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, right? Yes, I remember him specifically in the first one because he forges Thor's mighty hammer? No, it's his axe. It's the axe. Um, Stormbreaker? Stormbreaker. I say World Ender Stormbreaker. That's it. Eitri, I think, is his name. Yes. Yes, and I think he also did a couple of scenes for Thor Love and Thunder, but I guess they were cut. Oh, that's unfortunate. He did play a great role because he is a uh, dwarf, but not in the traditional sense, because dwarves in this universe are gigantic. (laughs) Much bigger than we are, for sure. Uh, Yes, he is on the list, but I mean, obviously the list is in no particular order, but he was not first on the list. I think this might be possibly in order of appearance. Okay. No, maybe not. Probably not. One that you probably, the reason I say that is because this person, we didn't know who she was and was on screen for just a tiny bit. And it's Natalie Dormer. Whoa, who did Natalie Dormer play? So in Captain America, uh, was it the first Avenger? Yes, I remember this now. She was like one of the military girls and had a crush on Cap and she ends up kissing him as soon as... uh, Peggy Carter walks in, he's, she gets all mad at him. She's the fling. Yeah, so she's the, the little fling thing. And I'm wondering if she's the one that uh, Captain America ended up hooking up with, because we found out in She-Hulk that uh, Captain America does indeed uh, blank. Oh. And he lost his virginity back in the day. Whoa. Yeah, Gossip so, in the MCU uh, world. Uh, so, yeah, she did make that small appearance. Uh, Peter Dinklage is obviously second. Kit Harrington, Jon okay. Snow. Well, he knows nothing, so did he know anything in the MCU? Oh, did you see the Eternals? I did. He was in the Eternals, oh, duh. He, um, yes, he's the love interest, but he's not a superhero. Not that we know of yet. Ooh. So remember at the very, very end, he because he works, at, I think, at a museum alongside of Cersei, funny enough. I think that was her name. Oh, I thought he about, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that was the name of the character from Eternals. Um, he opens up what this this blade is. It's, I think, called the Ebony Blade, and it's talking to him. Oh, or in he the hears end of, it, yeah. You're right, the bonus scene, right? 
Yes. Uh, so apparently, uh, Mahershala Ali provided a voiceover cameo as Blade, warning him about the weapon, I guess. Uh, but I don't know if that's if he's going to be connected to the Blade reboot or whatever. But uh, I think they might have cut out his role, but there, he might have a future as the Black Knight. Because that's the Moon Knight uh, series. And we are getting another season of that, if I'm correct. Moon Knight. The Moon Knight uh, Disney Plus television series, right? That was where he premiered? No, no that was Eternals. Eternals. No, His character is Black Knight. It's because there's the museum in... Uh, oh, um, I'm confusing the two. You're yes, right, yes, you're yes, right. Yes. There was hints that he might show up there because they both worked at a museum mm-hmm. and they thought they were going to cross over, but they never right. did. That's right. Uh, Richard Madden, also in the Eternals. Uh, Icarus flew too close to the sun. Oh, literally. Man. Yeah. That, mm. I really wanted that movie to be better than it was. It wasn't bad, but I just wanted it. I, it was really pretty. It, it was, was not really a superhero pretty. movie. And there were a ton of like the bad villain dude. I don't even know who that was. Like that, uh, that was an eternal, right? Or a, an entity or whatever it's they call n- those. The, the opposite. It's like the, what is it? The Transformers and the Decepticons or yes. whatever. It's that version. And I was like, oh man, this is cool. Where are they going to go with this? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nowhere. Oh, oh mm, okay. Fine. Yeah, fine. Uh, one on this list is uh, Richard E. Grant. Do you recognize that name? Richard E. Grant. I do not. So he played classic Loki on the Loki series. You Old know, the, Loki? Yes. Okay, That's yes. classic Loki because of the yellow and green. Classic Loki. <laughs> but he played a character named, I believe, uh, Izembraro, which he's like, uh, yeah, I guess he was in that. He stars along... Uh, yeah, I, I looked it up on the thing, and it's not giving me as much information as I thought it would, because it's giving me all kinds of, like, uh, the playwright of a traveling company. I think they messed it up. HBO, get your website correct. Come on, HBO. We're trying to help you out here. Uh, a pair, oh, he portrays oh, portrays Robert Baratheon. He's the leading mummer and playwright of the game. Oh, so he was, like, a traveling actor. Remember the, like, there's a scene of uh, Cersei and stuff, and they were pretending, like, they're actors on stage. Oh, he plays Robert Baratheon, Baratheon in the show, but that... as someone portraying Robert yes. Baratheon. Okay, that's why I was confused. So this is like the Matt Damon role portraying Loki in the third Marvel yes. movie, our third Thor movie. Which, side note, a little tangent here. I saw a meme recently. If you guys ever watched the show Friends, you know that Joey Tribbiani is an actor. Yes. And he would play Dr. Drake Ramore. Drake Ramore. And there was an episode where he's based, he's been brain dead forever because they wrote him off the show. But another uh, character who is actually played by Susan Sarandon. Yeah, like, she didn't play herself. She played an actress as well. Her character dies, and they put her brain in Dr. Drake Ramore's head. So it is (laughs) Matt LeBlanc playing Dr. Drake Ramore with this other woman's brain in their head on a show. That sounds like a a soap opera, yeah. Yes, it was... Can you... The layers. (laughs) So many layers. Does he still like pizza, though? Uh, of course he does. Joey, and he doesn't share food. Uh, another one on this list is Hannah John Cammon. And it took me a sec. Like, Hannah John Cammon, she's actually going to be a pretty big deal. She played Ghost in Ant-Man, the second one, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and is going to be in the Thunderbolts. Uh, she played, like, in, do you remember when uh, Khaleesi was hanging out with new Dothrakis, Dothrakis, and they found all, like, the the... The women with their call, uh, their calls and stuff, and they're all kind of hanging out, and she burns that building. That's right before Cal Drago. No, this is no. later on. 
she meets a different set of Dothrakis later uh, on. Oh, as I say, is that before or after he dies? After. <laughs> way okay, after. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, like yeah. actually maybe season seven. Oh, okay. So later way, on. way later. Yes. Uh, she plays one of the fellow, like, Khaleesi's. There's like another Khaleesi's. Man, it's crazy to think how many people were in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and that got roles, even though the end of that show was not well received. No, they they could rewrite it, and I don't think people would be too upset, although it's one of those, like, it was the greatest phenomenon of all time when it was on, you know, not counting the last two seasons, and then once it ended, it ended so poorly that nobody ever cares. Now, I mean, yes, now, since we have the new Game of Thrones spinoffs, sure, but even then, it's not to the same level as it used to be. No, and not to the actors' faults, of course, at all, as no. we can see, because they are getting a bunch of roles now. Uh, next one is David Bradley. David Bradley, if you're a fan of Harry Potter, you probably recognize him. And he is known for apparently, I, I forgot about this scene re- until recently because there is apparently a uh, petition to get him to apologize <laughs> for this awful scene where he like eats, I think, a tomato or something in Game of Thrones. But he was... Uh, oh, he, uh, he, was he was the one in charge of the Red Wedding. The one who committed it? Yeah, he was the one. Uh, he was Walter Frey. Oh, okay. Walter <laughs> Frey's a huge character because he kind of. Eh, I don't really know if it was his fault necessarily because uh, Robert Robert Baratheon, I believe. Yeah, right. Rob was the one who essentially was like, "I'll marry your daughter," and then didn't. And then he was like, "Well, I'm going to get my revenge by killing your whole family," which eh, didn't really work out for him. But and, you know, he gets his demise uh, by the hands of Arya later on. That's right. It was pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, so he, uh, it was like, who the hell did he play in the MCU? Apparently, again, going back to the first Captain America movie, uh, do you remember when uh, the Red Skull kind of breaks into what this, like, church-looking thing is, and they find the Tesseract? Oh, sure, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was the church keeper. He was in charge of that building. I see, you never even right? recognize these actors because they're only on screen for a second, but it's so cool that they were able to pull all of them in. Or you could be like this character or this actress who... You probably you would have recognized her on screen had her uh, scenes not been cut. No, yeah. not even one. No, technically she's been in the MCU in a, in two other occasions, but as voiceovers in animated series. Oh, that's that's nice. Uh, but this is Lena Headey. Oh wow, Cersei Lannister herself. She apparently was supposed to portray Amora the Enchantress in Thor: Love and Thunder, but they ended up having to cut those. Um, they they basically said it's like I don't want people to see the deleted scenes because they're deleted for a reason they are just not good enough the scenes were not in the movie at all and apparently it did result into a lawsuit like a 1.5 million lawsuit against her by her former UK agency over unpaid commission fees so all that turned into a big old mess I I don't even know how that works I mean if you don't make the movie do you, I mean but you still filmed it yeah uh, apparently that what was that I think she played the voice of uh, was it uh, Black Widow in I think I don't I don't think it was What If, but maybe one of those, and then she played another character in something else as well. Uh, another actor, Joseph Gatt. Uh, no idea know? who that is. Um, he's one of those like you see his face, you'll definitely recognize it. He's not one of those um, like names that you're gonna actually know. Uh, so Joseph Gatt in Game of Thrones played Then Warg, which I think he was one of those. Uh, Ben Warg. Yeah, I think he... Warging was a thing that I thought Brand could do, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but no, I don't recognize him. So uh, a Then Warg was a member of the Then, a tribe of free folk known for the practices of ritual self-sacrifice 
scarification and cannibalism. So he was one of those cannibal people groups. Ah, cannibalism. Yes. Yes. Being a good way to get killed off in a TV show. So he was a part of the gang with um, Redbeard. What's his face? See Game of Thrones. So many characters. Tormund. Tormund? Tormund? Tormund. Yeah. (laughs) All I know is that he had a thing for uh, Brianna of the North or whatever. Brianna of Tarth. Brianna of... Tarth? There we go. Yes. Man, yeah, oh, Game of Thrones has its own language, essentially, with all the names and houses, but oh, what a great show. See, this is the thing. It's reminding me of how much I love the show and how it was so forgettable because of the last two seasons, but you are right with House of the Dragons coming back and making it better. Yes. Uh, Grund- he played a character named Grundroth, I guess, in the first Thor movie, so... Yeah. Grundroth. It, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't even remember. He's like this blue... Maybe he was one of the uh, forest or not forest, um, frost giants, possibly. He's the cookie monster. Yeah, because he's got red eyes, all blue. He's got one of those faces, a lot like, uh, what's his name? Something Jones, Nick Jones, something Jones. Uh, he played Abe Sapien in the OG Hell- Hellboy movie. Oh, gosh. Uh, Doug Jones is his name. He has been in everything because not only is this man like really flexible, he anything that involves any kind of prosthetics, he's in it. He was the Silver Surfer in the second Fantastic Four movie. That wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. He's done a lot of stuff with Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water. He's also appeared in Star Wars, uh, excuse me, Star Trek as Saru from like, Oh, man. Yeah. Saru had a bunch of makeup. He must just have one of those faces you can mold easily. Oh, yeah. No, no. He is known for that. Like, And I think I saw a, like a mini documentary on Facebook talking about how, you know, it's, he has the greatest job ever because he's an actor. He gets to be in these big movies, but nobody knows who he is. Yeah. Like, so he's like that hidden fame. Yeah. So he can just walk around. No, like, I mean, obviously us nerds would recognize him, but... Unless you're actually looking for it, you're, you're, you're not, no. His regular face is his mask, Vicky. <laughs> and that's kind of the same thing with Joseph Gatt. Like, he's got that same vibe. He just looks more like a more built, like, bot, like he actually lifts weights. Like, Doug Jones is just very slender. Yeah, I was going to say, Saru is not very built, so unless they did some crazy stuff with CGI. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. So that same face, though. He's got a bald head, just very good for sculpting. Um, I'm not going to say his name correctly. Adawal Akinawoy Agabahe. He uh, apparently was in the old school The Mummy Returns, and he did play Killer Croc in uh, The Suicide Squad, the, the first one, if you remember Killer Croc. Yes. Uh, so in the MCU, he played... Who did he play? Another character that's kind of uh, from Thor, the Dark World, not really a well-known alien creature. What? You know, alien creatures, I feel like they're, they like half count. Yeah, they. I feel like mm, it's same with voiceovers. I'm like, does it really count? Unless your voice is like a Patrick Stewart or Morgan Freeman or even at this point, because of all the uh, awesome uh, voice acting Jeffrey Wright has done and just roles in general, he, I feel like, is going to become iconic voice. Definitely. Uh, I feel like unless your voice is like that, I don't think that counts. Uh, but in Game of Thrones, he was a part of the, what was that? I think he was one of those guys. Oh, what the hell was it? See, I'm getting them all confused because I first I thought he was the one that, do you remember? I think they were going to betray Khaleesi. It was Khaleesi's best friend, if you will. And this one guy who was kind of in charge of everything was going to like lock her up along with the guy that stole her dragons in that maze thing. Oh, man. You see, this has been so long right? since those seasons. I do remember because Worm, Worm, 
tongue. Worm tongue became her for second in command, but that was after mm-hmm. that first guy betrayed her. So I mm-hmm. do, and he was replaced. That whole debacle with her, right. yeah. That the I don't like replacing actors in the middle of things. I know you have to do it, but they made such a jarring switch from body types and looks. I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. No, but I'm getting it confused with Nonzo Anansi, who we might have recognized also from Sweet Tooth, but he was the uh, who I was thinking of uh, was in that scene, but that is a completely different actor. Um, no, there's just so many people, like so many different groups that are very similar. Yeah, and that's crazy. And that's just the tip of that list, which is wild. Right? I mean, so many cool actors came out of Game of Thrones. Great, great work that they were able to put on. And now in the MCU, and the MCU is not going to end anytime soon. No. So I'm sure we're going to see many familiar faces. Uh, moving on from that, Vicky, uh, we did talk last week a little bit about the Magic the Gathering Lord of the Rings pre-release. We did. Because we had talked about how there was a bounty out for the One Ring. Now, we had told you before, I believe it was $500,000. What do you think, Vicky, it's at now? Five bajillion dollars. Five no idea. bajillion dollars is correct. So the One Ring is currently got pre-sale at $2 million now. The pre-release is is today. So if oh. you want a chance at opening that card, because I have not heard any rumors or spoilers from the shops that have already gotten the product. People have already opened it. I have not heard the One Ring has been cracked yet. So there is still an opportunity for you to become a bajillionaire, as Vicky put it, hmm. by opening magic cards. Okay. All you have to do is be very, very lucky. Now, uh, because this is not a lottery, but you do have to post the odds of how hard it is to hit. Let me tell you, you got point zero 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 one. But you know what? That one is all you need to become a two millionaire. <laughs> Vicky, are you going to buy packs of crack for two millionaire? Oh, it's almost like should I buy a scratch ticket or just buy a pack of uh you know, Magic the Gathering cards? Because I feel like it's kind of about the same. The way I figure is I'm gonna buy one of these collector's boosters, which is about four hundred dollars and it comes with packs that have the chance of opening it. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to buy a Mega Millions ticket. And if I don't win one, I'm gonna to expect to win the other. <laughs> and that's my hope and dream. And when I'm no longer a uh, when I am a uh, regular, when we come mm-hmm. back to uh, the podcast next week, you can all know that I did not win. <laughs> but hopefully you do, and hopefully you get to open some of the awesome cards because the Lord of the Rings set is releasing today and it is awesome. A bunch of flavor. You can open Gandalf and you can get open Gollum. If you win. What are, you, what are you getting me? <laughs> what am I getting, Vicky? A pony. No? I mean, it might be more reliable than my old car. Yes. <laughs> we can fix your current car. How about that? Oh, and God. How about, can you just pay off my new one I had to get? Because my old one went. <laughs> we'll make sure you have a working car that is I, paid off. Oh, my God. That sounds phenomenal. That's all I want. <laughs> yes. Well, go visit your local gaming store. I highly recommend Zulu's if you're in the Washington State area. They've got all the products you could possibly want, and it will be a ton of fun play Lord of the Rings with your friends. Moving on from that, Vicky. Yes. Guess what? What? There are Batman rumors. Yes. Oh, I love rumors. Batman rumors. We love Batman because it's the only good product DC puts out. We're going to spoil our notes what we talk about later on in the podcast. But uh. <laughs> before we get to that, Vicky. I Batman. mean, they did well Wonder Woman the first one and Shazam the first one. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll give them a little credit. Okay. That's fair. But Batman has consistently been their uh, milk and honey, their bread and butter. That's right. If you will. But apparently for the, the Batman 2, there are two big names rumored to be battling out to play Two-Face. Oh, yes. One of my favorite villains played great in the second movie by a man whose name I am just blanking on. Uh, The Um, OG ones? The ones with Christian Bale. Oh, uh, Two-Face was uh, J. It starts with a J. There's a J in there. I'm finding it out. 
Ugh. It's going to drive me crazy. Okay. So apparently this, again, all rumored. It's like a Aaron person. Aaron Eckert. Thank you. Thank why you. did I think I J? I don't know why. Oh, oh, you know why? Because one of the names starts with a J of those who rumored. And there may be, it's one of those, again, you may recognize the name, but you might not remember who they are. Yes, exactly. Uh, so the source dropped two big names. The person is telling me that they had heard that Harvey Dent will be introduced as Gotham's new district attorney in the Batman Part 2 and may become Two-Faced by the end of the film. And the two names that this person has heard is Josh Hart- Hartnett and Joel Edgerton. Ooh. So Joel Edgerton, you may remember him from movies like The Gift, Loving, The Great Gatsby, but more recently he was in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series as Owen Lars. He plays oh. uh, Luke's uncle. <laughs> yes, so of course. That is Joel Edgerton. He's got a really good face for it, I think. He's a little bit... He's not too old, not too young. He definitely seems more serious. Yes, he definitely has a serious vibe to him. And somebody else who, again, Josh Hartnett, where is that from? He was very popular, I want to say, in like the late 90s or even to the 2000s. He was the heart throb. This is him. Yes. Because I hope, and because if people don't know about the story of Two-Face, at least in the one they went with in the Christian Bale series, mm-hmm. he's essentially supposed to be a good guy that gets turned evil. Mm-hmm. So... I love the idea that he would be kind of that heartthrob, but then when he gets burned or whatever they decide to go with, turns that well, like, evil er, good. Like all, all, I feel like a lot of the two faces, that's the idea. They always had to be fairly good looking to really be the juxtaposition to the ugly, burnt side of his face. Exactly. Uh, same, like, I mean, Aaron, uh, Aaron, 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 Aaron Eckhart. Just, yeah. Yeah. So we'll just go with Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, because I'm like getting it, like I'm mixing Edgerton and Eckhart together. Edgerton. <laughs> Art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Aaron is a very pretty guy, perfect for Two-Face because of that juxtaposition alone. So uh, Josh Hartnett, we might know him from 30 Days of Night, Black Hawk Down, Lucky Number Slevin, and The Faculty. I remember him from, maybe it wasn't a great movie, I just remember it was on. Uh, it was 40 Days and 40 Nights. Oh, sure, Do you course. remember that one? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, that was a weird one, looking back for me to have watched it that young. Uh, he was also in Sin City. He does have, yeah, like you said, the he will play the good heartthrob vibe, but I feel like he's going to do a good job playing serious. And some of those movies, like Number Eleven, Sin City, those those all kind of tie in with that whole idea of good slash bad. I, I like mm-hmm. it. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, I recently it might have scheduled it, so I might have to quickly look it up. Uh, but uh, there was a fan cast for an older version of Batman's villains, and of course, who do you think came in as the Joker? Ooh, an old casting. So yes, like the Joker, I surprisingly lived his whole life. And uh, who do they wanted to play? Oh man! All right, let me think real quick. Uh, he has played a villain in another superhero movie, and actually recently too. Ooh, oh no! Okay, he's played a villain in another superhero movie. I, I, you have to tell me. I'm going to be a guest for hours. <gasps> oh my God! It's Willem Dafoe. Oh, I would never have guessed that. But really. Well, I mean, because in my mind, Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe played a good guy in that recent Spider-Man movie for pretty much the entire movie until like he did both. The end. Yeah, well, he's portrayed, I should say, <laughs> yes. as a good guy for until the end. But yeah, I would love to see him as the Joker. You know, he's got that gravitas that you mm-hmm. need with a character that has to shift between personality types, and that's exactly what the Joker is. And he has such great facial features. Yeah, he really does. So I feel like he would definitely nail it. And I've seen fan images of people like painting or face or photoshopping Joker makeup on him, and it looks phenomenal. Uh, they have for Two-Face, 
he's not as old as Willem Dafoe, but he's a little older in the sense of, I think, age-wise, he could maybe be our dad's. How old is this man? He is 52 years old, so maybe a young father. Yes. Uh, but this is John Hamm. Oh, John Hamm. I just watched Top Gun Maverick over the weekend. How was it? Oh, it's so good. And, really? Yeah, and John Hamm was in it. I'm just like, God, this is... He's a phenomenal actor. So good. And that shout out to that movie, but... He, he by the way, is really good at everything, I feel like. Because he had like this... I've only seen bits and pieces of Mad Men just being the boss and being kind of a jerk. But also, he's done such a good job in like funny movies. I saw him in more of a like drama comedy movie and it, he does a really good job uh for black mask which i'm not super familiar with i believe we saw him funny enough played by uh, obi-wan kenobi himself mm. uh in the last suicide squad movie black mask is the bad guy oh that, um i never yeah i never saw it yeah i think he put his mask on like very briefly oh you didn't see the su- the last oh no you know what it wasn't suicide squad it was harley quinn oh okay Har- yeah sorry i got them all confused because harley quinn is in both oh okay you didn't, i saw the last suicide. i didn't see the well i don't even call them the same movie but i didn't see the one with will smith i saw yeah the, the, not worth it yeah okay but that makes sense cause i didn't see the harley quinn one either yeah i actually it's a lot of fun i thought uh was it the emancipation of harley quinn and the birds of prey it was a lot of fun that movie got done so dirty with its bad marketing that's really yeah. what it was because they kept changing the name and it didn't make any sense it's on hbo max so if you guys haven't seen it yet i definitely recommend it because the soundtrack is awesome it's a lot of fun there is like the vibes of girl power it's not a hundred percent overly done I yeah think. and that's margot robbie right yes nice yeah uh and then yeah but black mass they picked jason statham Ooh, yeah okay, okay. i feel like okay but I think my favorite one, another one, another actor who has played another super villain recently, and he actually technically has played a DC villain, but only the voice. Alfred Molina as the Penguin. Ooh. Right? Interesting. Okay. You know, I liked, um, oh, I'm going to forget his name, Colin Farrell's Penguin from the last movie. But I think for an older-ish version, yeah, I could see that. I think that would be good. I think this was like a fan cast for what's called Batman Rogues Gallery. The Rogues Gallery is the term for like the, I think it was a whole series, I believe, if I remember correctly. The Penguin is a really old school villain in the sense that he has kind of those mannerisms from his time. So to update him a little bit, I could Mm. really like that, actually. I did like the way they did the Penguin in the Harley Quinn animated series, the one with Kaylee Cuoco, also on HBO Max. You should definitely check it out. And you you got into it, right? Yeah, I watched the first season. What Mm -hmm. did you think of that version of the Penguin? Yeah, it was good. Like, yeah, I mean, that show's lighthearted in a sense, yes. which is weird because it has a lot of dark themes, but it's a lighthearted show. So I think he got he's more likable than maybe yes the Penguin no. really would normally be, but then he's also Jackass. <laughs> I believe it was, I get him confused. It's either Jason Alexander or Newman, but they were both on Seinfeld, who does the voice. Ah, Newman, yes. I think, yeah, yeah it was. It was Newman, who was yeah. also in Jurassic Park. He does the voice of the Penguin. Yeah, and he's got the kid too in that one, right? So yeah. that is his nephew. Apparently, nephew. it's okay. he's got a sister. They got a nephew. And the first time we see the Penguin is on like the, the second or third episode of the series. And he is hosting a bar mitzvah for his nephew. And he's like, oh, you know what I got you for your uh, birthday? You can actually kill Harley Quinn because she ends up getting into a big mess of things while there. And he's like, this is your present. It's it's such a weird, like, villain situation. It's like, hey, I know we're all bad guys here, but can you tone down the bad language, you know, for the kids? Yeah, it was very much like what a 13-year-old would dream his bar mitzvah would be like you know, <laughs> as, a, as a, with a villain dad. like or, I think uncle. Uncle dad, yeah. It was so funny. 
He's like, cool, your umbrella. I've always wanted to use this. <laughs> it's such a weird world, and I actually really love it. And I really hope that they continue that on to maybe some of the live action things as well. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find any more. I love the, I love Batman fan casts. Well, you know what they should have done, Vicky, since we did get a lot of those great fan casts, is they should have cast some people. Uh, actually, they cast a Batman, now that I think about it, Michael Keaton, right, in this movie, because we're going to talk about this. Mm. Uh, older actors playing uh, superheroes that they were once, or I guess, is Batman a superhero? Yes. Do we really count him He's as that? He's a superhero vigilante. He's... <laughs> What a great way to put it. He's an illegal superhero. He's the best. But well, I think I we mean, should. <laughs> technically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a weird definition, but I think you're right. Uh, but we're going to talk more about, of course, I'm saying, alluding to The Flash on The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Because, Vicky, we have early reviews of The Flash. What is it looking like so far? Uh, so far, kind of like what I expected it, but flipped. I thought, oh, okay. I thought it was the uh, audience that wasn't going to give it a great review. Ooh. And the tomato meter would be better, but it's actually the other way around. Tomato meter is right now at 68%. Okay. Uh, with 190, uh, 195 reviews okay. and the audience score, there's only over 50 verified reviews, but it's at 95%. Interesting. Okay. I will say this about the 68% that I'm seeing, 70-ish percent. Not bad. Like for a DC movie, honestly, like that's good. See, my thing with the whole situation, I thought it would possibly either get review bombed or something, right? Because of the whole situation with Urza Miller. He has been in the news for doing some pretty horrible things. Oh, no. Another actor doing this? You haven't heard any of the Urza Miller stuff? Like, he was on the run. The first time we've seen him in a long time was on the red oh, carpet. Oh, uh, sorry. I misheard. I do know this because this was the controversy of whether this movie was even going to come out or not. Yeah. Because this was filmed before he that did all it, came right? Out. This is like, yeah, that's right. Okay, that's why. So I do have the little timeline of terror, but basically he is a... Uh not been nice. He's been aggressive uh, physically. Like he's attacked people in different types of ways. Yeah, he's mm, that. The yeah. Flash can't be doing that. Disorderly he's, conduct, uh, harassment. Yeah, he's been arrested a couple of times for throwing, like one for uh, allegedly throwing a chair at a woman. How do you? Okay, I just got a question. How do you get allegedly doing that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's because the people writing the article don't want to get sued. Oh. In case he gets... Uh, oh, I see. If the, if the, if the lawsuit goes you know, Whatever, in his favor. Whatever, yeah. Because I got to say, if someone saw you throwing a chair, you either threw it or you didn't. Right. So I am a little surprised with how the reviews went just because, I again, I thought people were just going to bomb this. But it looks... It's, it's not one of those movies I'm dying to see, but I am wanting to see it eventually. Yeah, uh, I got invited to go see this, and okay. my original thing was I didn't want to commit to it because I have a couple of friends going. They always go to the releases, and mm-hmm. I love them to death. But I was like, you know, I don't want to commit to this movie. I have been very unimpressed with DC recently, and I do feel like I enjoy their movies more if I'm watching them on a Saturday at 1 p.m. on my couch than I do if I'm going to stay up late and go see them at night. Uh, I'm just looking at the cast list right now. And I have a feeling we are probably going to be getting a few big cameos. Yes. Other big, of other superheroes that we've seen before. Yeah, I won't spoil anything. Michael Keaton was in the trailers. so we Well, knew that, that one we knew, yes. So that one we knew. But I have heard there's a lot of nostalgia in this, mm-hmm. which is interesting because this is DC. And I'm like, you guys really didn't ever set up your world. And it's yeah. kind of weird that we're going to get nostalgia for something that's not really there yet. But you know yeah. what? I give them credit for trying. It's like at this point, either you have to go for the nostalgia of the old school, like Michael Keaton Batman, which I love that they 
have the whole. Outfit it would just and be everything. so great if he was in things before. They've had how many of these movies have they had now? Like I seven. And they're basically going through the freaking the same thing as Marvel already did. We are going to go back and die, but I messed it up. Yeah, this was this is essentially the Miles Morales storyline, except yes, with the Flash uh-huh. and Michael Keaton and Bat. No, Superwoman. No, it, yeah, it's Superwoman. Right? I think so. Yeah. Well, anyways. I don't think you'll be disappointed because DC movies do do one thing, and that is dump about four mil hundred million dollars of CGI into the back oh, end yeah. of their of their their movies. Unless they're uh, removing a mustache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Superman for whatever reason, I can't shave my mustache. Well, this is all we got. CGI. I mean, even like Chris Evans apparently in that swarm, the famous shawarma scene, he had already started growing out a beard for another movie he was doing. And so they basically put like this big fake rubbery mask on him and just had him like this hand down. That's why he doesn't look like he's eating. Yeah. Because it was basically just a big thing covering his whole face. See, they could make, have had yeah. him do a little like uh, smiley face or something. Or, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, green screen. I don't know. Yeah. Pay well, somebody that's not an intern. Uh, we do got like three more movies that are coming out though this weekend okay. as well. Other than The Flash, what do we got? We have one. If you got the kiddos, definitely check out Elemental. It is getting 76% on the tomato meter as of right now, but it's a Disney and Pixar movie, and it's an all-new original feature film set in Element City, where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. The story introduces Ember, a tough, quick-witted, and fiery young woman whose friendship with a fun, sappy, go-with-the-flow guy named Wade challenges her beliefs on the world they live in. So it's like, hey, we want to be friends, but it's kind of hard because I'm fire and you're water and you could kill me. Ooh. Is this the one that looks like Osmosis Jones? Yes! Yeah. The water guy does look like Osmosis exactly Jones. Exactly what it reminded me of. And that <sighs> movie was awesome. It's funny because I think I saw it recently on, on a list of movies that didn't do great when they came out. You know. And uh, that movie, I feel like, might still hold up. Give it a chance. Another movie I've been seeing a lot about and it looks hilarious. It's poking fun of... The horror movie genre, but not quite like Scary Movie does, I think. Uh, But it's called The Blackening. It is getting 85% on the tomato meter, 82% audience score. But basically the joke is if you are a black person or a person of color in a group of friends in a horror movie, you're probably the first to go. Oh, this is, yes. This is like the, uh, was it scary movies that they used to do? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, oh, this so, one looks so funny. It's a horror comedy movie. It says the blackening centers around a group of black friends who reunite for a Juneteenth weekend getaway only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. Forcing to play by his rules, the friends soon realize this ain't no mother effing game. Uh, directed by Tim Story, who did Ride Along, Think Like a Man and Barbershop. Um, the blackening skewers genre tropes and poses the sardonic question if the entire cast of a horror movie is black, who dies first? <laughs> yes, that is in the trailer. I remember that made me laugh. Uh, I, I just okay. gives me that nostalgia from that the scary movie where it was just like the stupidest ways they mm-hmm. die. And oh, there's a scene where walls get covered in things. Oh, yeah. Oh, the and actual actual scary movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was scary movie too. Too. Yes. That yeah. was I, the first one I saw of all of them. I was very obsessed with these movies when I was a teenager, <laughs> right? Probably a little too much. They were so funny. <laughs> oh, that was a messed up one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were uh, not for the faint of heart. No. Or uh, there's some of my favorite lines, and I can't say them on we the podcast. We can't say them on the podcast. All right. I'll have to tell you later. All right, what's our last movie, uh, Vicky? Last movie. Uh, it technically came out in theaters last week, but it's a thing that Netflix does. They put it out in theaters so they can be considered for certain nominations and awards if that's going to happen, which I don't really think this movie will. 
just because of the vibes. Uh, but it is streaming as, as of today. It is called Extraction 2. It's the Chris Hemsworth movie. It's uh, obviously the sequel to Extraction. And it, as of right now, it's getting 77% on the tomato meter and 82% audience score. I feel like this is just another fun just action movie. This is Yeah, I was going to say, just another one of those, almost like Expendables, except he's going to extract someone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you do check out any of these movies, please let us know what you think. We would love to hear your reviews. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.